Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of AdMail. This is Adam Bergman, founder and CEO of IRA Financial. I'm here to help you find the answers to the most frequently asked questions from my clients about self-directed retirement accounts. If you want to learn more, you can subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on social media. Just search IRA Financial. Hey everyone and welcome to another episode of AdMail. I'm Adam Bergman, tax attorney and founder of IRA Financial and got a really, I think, fun episode for uh, all you guys today. Uh, three questions, two from YouTube, one from a client and going to discuss solo 401ks, self-directed IRAs, and then an actual career uh, oriented question that I wanted to include because just had some fun answering it. So just keep sending them uh, my way. Really appreciate all the support. You guys are great. I'm getting tons of really, really amazing questions and uh, there's never any dumb questions. So don't be shy. You can send them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, which has been really popular. Uh, also info diary financial, just say uh, Adam, mail or ask Adam and they'll get to me and I will do my best to answer all of them. And I look forward to being challenged. Like I've said in the past, I prepare for these um, podcasts. So it kind of forces me to stay fresh and stay on point and stay up to date with all new developments in the self-directed retirement world. So really appreciate it. Let's start with question one from YouTube. I have an LLC set up for my fourplex in Texas. Currently, the sole income generated is from rents, and I'm getting and I'm generating profits. Do I qualify to set up a solo K? So it's a great question. I, I kind of enjoy including these once every four or five episodes because get a lot of questions about solo 401k eligibility. Am I eligible to set up a solo 401k? So let's look at eligibility. When you have a business, and the business cannot have any full-time employees other than yourself co-owner or spouses of co-owners. So in other words, no non-owner employees that work more than a thousand hours. If you fit into that category, you are eligible for a solo 401k. Now, what about a fourplex in Texas that generates rents? Is that a business? Well, the determining factor is actually what tax return you file. If you file a schedule E as an Edward, then it's actually not a business. It's a passive rental real estate investment. And in that sense, you cannot set up a solo 401k because the fourplex is not deemed a business. Whereas if you follow the Schedule C, because you're treating the fourplex as a business, not a passive investment, then you can set up a solo 401k for that enterprise. So that's really the answer. If it's Schedule C, yes. If you're following Schedule E, no. How do you go from Schedule E, Schedule C? Well, you treat some of that income as management income and then push some of that income to Schedule C. The caveat on that is you pay self-employment tax slash FICA Medicare tax on the Schedule C amount where the Schedule E amount is not subject to self-employment tax. So that obviously is a big distinction. And that's why a lot of real estate investors like to have or focus or would rather have a Schedule E income than Schedule C income because of the self-employment slash Medicare FICA tax, which is not 
applicable to Schedule E investments. So I hope I answered your question. Second question. Hi, Adam. If you were a mentor to a young college graduate to establish a career like yourself, specialty in retirement planning, what certifications would he or she need to pursue? Any advice you can pass on to this college graduate? Thank you. That's from YouTube. Uh, That's a great question. I really enjoy talking to people about kind of how I've been able to navigate uh, schooling and jobs and kind of end up to where I feel so fortunate to be able to work in a business that I truly love and I'm truly passionate about. I'm blessed to have found my calling, my niche, because I truly, truly, truly believe in the power of the retirement system. I'll say it for the thousandth time. It's literally rigged in our favor. It's a golden lottery ticket waiting to be cashed in. It applies to everyone. And that's what I really love about it. It's based off math. Deferral, compounded interest, your money grows faster without tax. It doesn't matter if you're white, black, purple, orange. doesn't matter your skin color, your religion, where you live. It's just based off three principles. You start early, you're saved consistently, and you trust the process, and you will have lots of money when you retire, more than you would ever imagine because of the power of compounded interest. Your money grows faster and not subject to tax. Based off the compounding interest return principles, every eight years, your money will double if it gets 8% rate of return. So again, just kind of run that in your head. You're going to end up a lot of a lot ahead than you would otherwise. And it literally can bridge the wealth gap in our country. Unfortunately, not enough people are educated about it where that's where I jump in and that's where uh, my passion lies. So I would tell people, you know, when you're in school, take a lot of courses, uh, take all different types of courses. Uh, see what you like, whether it's science, math, engineering. Uh, I took a lot of art history, history, psychology, sociology. Uh, I wasn't sure. I took some physics classes, math, everything. Just kind of figure out what I wanted to do. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So my dad said, well, guess you're going to law school because you have no skills. So I went to law school and first year, nothing really clicked. I didn't really have a calling to criminal law or contracts or torts or evidence constitutional law, just, yeah, just kind of going through the motions and just going through school, you know, having more fun on the weekends than probably I should have, but it was law school. Not so difficult. Second year, I took my first federal income tax class and just fell in love with it. It was like the first class that clicked. It's like, oh my God, it makes sense. It's a puzzle. It's the tax code. It's a big book. The answers are in it. Wow. Cool. Very business oriented. Really enjoyed it. So I started taking more tax classes, got a master's in tax law, got a job at a big law firm and really enjoyed my first five years of practicing law. I uh, learned a hell of a lot, worked at, as I mentioned, big firms, worked on some sophisticated deals, uh, really some cool, cool stuff, and got to work with amazingly smart people. It was a great, great experience. I learned how to work hard. No excuses. Work hard, get your job done, get your work done, no matter what. If you have to stay up all night, you get your work done. The clients demand it, you get it done. And it just gave me a really, really strong work ethic. And just if I had to do something, I was going to do it. Whether it took me all night or not, I was finishing it. So that was probably the best part of being a lawyer. After my fifth year, just kind of wasn't feeling it anymore. It was just same deal, same documents and kind of looking for the next big thing. And I kind of got lucky because I fell into the self-directed retirement world. One of the last things I worked on was a 
hedge fund client that asked me to do some work on using retirement money to invest in a hedge fund. Had no idea you can do this, was blown away. Saw a huge opportunity in the market and uh, felt that I could make a difference. And that was the start of my self-directed retirement career, my IRA financial business and, and my lifelong passion to educate people on the power of the retirement system and the power to control your investments through alternative assets. So I think what helped me is whatever you want to do, try to have your education or your work experience tie into it. So I had a you know some good advice um, from, from someone I knew who was super successful and in the software business. And he said, listen, Adam, you're, you're a tax lawyer. You know tax law. You've spent four, three years in law school, one year in master's. You have eight, nine years of huge law firm experience. If you go into the shelving business or the TV business or the computer business, there's a hundred guys that are going to know more than you. You're going to have a tough time breaking in and being successful. Find a business associated with what you know, with tax. So that's what I would tell people. Find something that you like, whatever it is, whether it's video games or coding or gardening or whatever it is, and try to find something related to that, that you can use your experience, your power, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, uh, your drive, and set yourself apart in that field. Um, and it works for me. I just think there's it's a global economy. There's so many smart people out there. The internet really levels the playing field. So to just jump into an industry without any background experience, knowledge base, and without the drive, just because you think you can make money in the um, flooring business or, or the, um, you know, the basketball business or the uh, souvenir business, it's going to be tough. So I would start with a piece of paper, write down what you like, um, and then try to uh, massage your, your education and your experience and uh, plan accordingly to get the necessary knowledge and experience in that area so that when you decide to make the move, you already have your knowledge base, your experience, and then you can find your little niche in that industry and, and become successful. So that's what I would say. Uh, try to figure out what you like, or even if you can't figure out what you like, figure out what you're good at, whether it's math, science, political science, uh, history. Learn more about that uh, when you start working. If you don't like what you're doing, change jobs. Change jobs until you find an area you like, and then spend as much time as you can learning, educating yourself, gaining knowledge, and then keep learning, keep making mistakes with other people's money until you uh, find your calling. And then if you want to start your own business, do it. If not, keep working and just be the best you can. But I think it helps to narrow down the core I think focus for your career. It's just, there's too many things to do. And there's too many smart people out there and to set yourself apart and get a niche and, and be super successful, whether it's working for someone else uh, or being your own boss, uh, it's just super hard to do. So that would be my advice. Um, and it, it worked out for me. Uh, I got lucky and it led me to the self-directed world and all you guys. So uh, it's been, it's been really great. So thanks. Question three from Jeffrey W. Clearwater, Florida. One of your webinars, you stated that a self-directed IRA with checkbook control doesn't have to file any annual tax returns. In 2020, I sold a property, but did not take a disbursement. Do I need to file a 2020 return? So when it comes to an IRA LLC, there's, there's one rule to keep in mind. First thing is you need to know how many members that LLC has. A single member IRA LLC 
treated as a disregarded entity, there's no federal tax return. There could be a state filing or a state franchise filing like Texas, but there's no federal tax return for a single member LLC. A partnership, an LLC with two or more owners, including IRAs, must file a 1065 return as well as a state partnership return in addition to any other franchise or state filing. So Jeff, to answer your question, it depends on how your structure is set up. If you have one IRA as the owner, yes, there's no federal tax filing. If you have two IRAs or three or anything more than two partners to that LLC, you have to do a partnership return, 1065, even if there's no income. It's a not a tax return in the sense that you owe tax. It's more of an information return, but it must be filed and it's due March 15th. Um, so you need to file it. And there's obviously steep penalties uh, for not filing. So that is the answer, Jeff. Single member LLCs, no federal tax filing because it's a discarded entity. Partnership, two or more owners on the IRA LLC, you must file the 1065. So there you have it. Three really good questions. I really enjoyed uh, today's episode. Hope you guys did. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe. I appreciate your support. Um, we dropped five videos, three podcasts. So it's a really great place to get a lot of information on investments, taxes, self-directed retirement accounts, uh, and all kinds of fun stuff. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, well, thank you. And definitely check out the other two podcasts that you may not be aware of called Ad Mail, which this is. So you know this one, but there's Ad Bits, which gives you a bit of information on key self-directed retirement topics. I did a recent one on employer profit sharing contributions. I've done one on 72T elections, the rule of 55, um, and just did one recently on uh, the solo 401k. So just myriad of different topics um, that I think you'll uh, you know find interesting and a really wide, diverse selection of topics. And then obviously Adam Talks, which is my primary podcast that you know gives you my tax attorney's take on you know various current events that impact retirement accounts, taxation, investments. I just recently did one on Biden and uh, the capital gains tax, which I'm sure I'll be talking a lot of in the coming weeks, if not months, uh, when more details emerge as to his capital gains proposals for million dollars plus of income and his uh, proposal to increase that tax to around 43%. So that will be probably a repeated topic on Adam Talk. So otherwise, that's it. Uh, appreciate the support. Be well, stay safe, and talk to everyone again next week.